This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And five minutes after five o'clock on a Tuesday morning, it's the 18th day of June and we're still not done planting corn. But then again, will we plant corn this late in June? It's one of the questions we're talking about with Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. He joins us live this Tuesday morning. It's all up before six o'clock. Weather-wise, well, we may stay dry this morning, but rain showers start moving back across the state of Wisconsin by this afternoon. Going to be a little sticky today. 77 are our expected high with about a 30% chance of afternoon showers or storms developing. Tomorrow, 40% chance of rain. 72. Thursday, partly sunny and 74. Friday, another 40% chance of showers, 77 degrees. You know, our Wisconsin farm families are getting so very frustrated and fatigued. They have been watching their bottom line for countless weeks. They can't control the international marketplace. They can't control the weather. What you can control is where you spend your money. But how do we evaluate where we spend our money? Talking about that with a financial education specialist who's working specifically with farm women on where they can look on those balance sheets to try to get a little financial relief. She's coming up after 5.30. As a company founded by farmers, Rural Mutual Insurance has long understood the unique needs of the Wisconsin ag industry. As Wisconsin's number one farm insurer, they're a proud sponsor of Farm Tech Days. Visit the Rural Mutual Safety Zone tent at Farm Tech Days in Johnson Creek, July 23rd through 25th. Go to RuralMutual.com slash win to enter for your chance to win state fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. When I think of peninsulas in Wisconsin, I think of the Door County Peninsula, a very beautiful part of Wisconsin. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but just south of that beautiful peninsula of Door County, there are agricultural challenges, but groups are taking up the mantle of educating not only farmers but consumers about the challenges over there in that peninsula country, Pam, with that karst topography and the challenges they face. Yeah, you bet, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and that is exactly the region of the state that's been getting a lot of criticism, both in the media, social media, as well as community discussions. But farmers there have gotten together as a volunteer group to show their neighbors what they can do. Showing is a big part of what they have as far as uh, the opportunities, the educational exchange for the Peninsula Pride Farms. Now, we've seen these groups pop up across the state. Every region you look, there is a group of volunteer farmers that are coming together, taking a look at their conservation practices. How are they protecting the environment? How are they manage their nutrients? And that's a big message that Peninsula Pride Farms wants to get out to their neighbors. Reba McClone got a chance to catch up with Don Niles, uh, president of the Peninsula Pride Farms, and find out what's next for that group. 
Deer Run Dairy in Kiwani is part of Peninsula Pride Farms. Deer Run uses techniques like cover crops and equipment like manure digesters to help decrease the impact that they have on water quality in Kiwani. As part of Peninsula Pride, they get to work with other farms to find best practices. Don Niles, who serves as the president of Peninsula Pride Farms, explained why water conservation and quality are so important in Kiwani County. Kiwani County is blessed with both a great weather system for cows. Cows like cooler weather. They like the breezes off the lakes. They like the alfalfa growing ground that we have here. This is a great place to be a dairy cow. It's not necessarily a great place to have to um, uh, to protect groundwater because we only have some very thin soils, especially in the northern part of the county, uh, some very thin soils over cracked, uh, fractured bedrock. Uh, so what we need to do is be ever conscious to uh, make sure that what we're doing on the surface is having minimal impact under the surface in, in the um, in the aquifers. Now that's true for any human activity, whether it be farming or uh, humans and septic systems or golf courses or whatever it may be. But as farmers, our, our job is not to point at those other sources. Our job is to point at, at ourselves as a source and continually up our game and find better ways to, to protect the um, aquifer here in the area. And what are some of those ways that you guys are striving to protect the aquifer? Well, today was a great chance to see some of those right here in Deer Run Dairy. Uh, Dwayne Ducat, the proprietor, uh, showed us his methane digester. Uh, not only does he process all the manure from his 1,500 cows, uh, but he then uh, converts the methane from that manure into uh, fuel for his methane for his um, uh, digester engines uh, that burn the methane and produce electricity. So this farm is producing enough electricity to run about 600 homes just from the methane gas produced from their manure. By removing that methane gas from the manure and breaking it down to CO2 in the engines, we're also having a huge reduction in in, uh, greenhouse gases here. Methane is a strong greenhouse gas, CO2 is not, so we're reducing the carbon footprint of the dairy very significantly with our digester. Lastly, and of interest now with these um, water conversations we're having, is it's having huge reduction in the pathogen load of the manure. So they're reducing the pathogens about a thousand times lower in their manure than they would have been prior to the digestion. So as a result, this 1,500 cow dairy is putting as many pathogens on the field as a one and a half cow dairy uh, without a digester. Doesn't mean that that all dairies have to have digesters. It's basically just a big composter. Uh, So uh, any size dairy that wants to try a composting system could have the same effect in reducing pathogens. So by doing one thing, we learn four or five other things. And by working collaboratively as a group of farmers together, one farmer can learn from another farmer. And not everybody has to repeat the same process. You guys also were out in one of the fields today. Explain that a bit to me. Well, it was great. Uh, We went out to see one of the fields with the cover crop, and it gave Dwayne a chance to explain um, exactly what benefits the cover crops are having, uh, both on surface and groundwater. Uh, On surface water, it's it's well understood that if we have a cover crop instead of bare dirt on the soil, uh, rain is not going to cause erosion. The raindrops will be broken up by hitting the cover crop, and they won't cause the soil to erode. When soil erodes, it carries a lot of phosphorus with it because the phosphorus particles are bound to the soil particles. So when we have erosion, we also have phosphorus runoff causing algae blooms and lakes and and streams. Um, So for the surface water, the cover crop is very beneficial. Also now we're finding for the um, groundwater, it is also because the cover crops increase the soil health. And a healthier soil is a better sponge. So when we we apply manure as a nutrient fertilizer, which our crops need on the surface, if we have a healthier soil, we have better uptake of the manure right into the root zone of the soil so it doesn't have a chance to leach lower the root zone and get someplace it shouldn't be. So we have a kind of a dual benefit on the cover crops, both for surface water and groundwater. 
And some of the other things that are maybe going on at the state level regarding water conservation are the nutrient trading program. How does Peninsula Pride feel about that? Oh, that's great. That That's just a wonderful, uh, practical solution that um, I'm, we're thrilled that the state government is, is behind. Basically, that's going to allow us to partner with other places, other industries, other companies um, who want to reduce nutrients from their own operations, uh, but to do so would be tremendously expensive. What they can do instead is work with us and help fund some of our best management practices so we can reduce those nutrients, and that gives the company the benefit of having nutrient reduction, but at a much lower cost because they're able to do it through us instead of having to do something much more expensive on their own. Very sensible system. It's got bipartisan support in the government. It just makes too much sense not to do that. Niles understands the difficulties farmers face because he is one. He owns Dairy Dreams Dairy, a 3,000 cow dairy farm with a methane digester. As a farmer, he has also been hit by the hard weather this year and told us about the impacts it has had on him and his farm. Mother Nature has um, been dealing us a a tough hand this spring. A lot of rain. uh, As soon as we start getting a little drying weather, she starts back over again. Um, I don't care what your your practices are. you, You still have to be able to get out into the fields to conduct your practices and she's making it awful tough Um, i'm sure we'll get things done uh, but we're getting late enough into the year now that we'll have to start changing some plans and and rearranging how we do things just because we're getting into almost june now and what are you guys experiencing maybe regarding winter kill we actually we have a lot of alfalfa planted. That's our second biggest crop. And although we thought we'd have a lot of winter kill, as we look at the plants now, they're doing pretty well. So the, the winter kill has not been as, as much of a concern as we thought it would be. And how is it looking for you regarding feed? Well, of course, all the feed we have right now is last year's harvest. So we're in great shape. We had good crops last year, uh, good quality feed. The cows are doing extremely well. Uh, but you, you worry about this year. Uh, we want to make sure that we're able to put the proper quality and quantity of crops up both. Uh, dairy cows are, are wonderful animals. Um, uh, our modern dairy cows can produce a, a large amount of milk, but we've got to feed them properly, and in order to do that, we need good, high-quality forage also. And so what are some of your biggest concerns right now for your 2019 harvesting season? Yeah, b- biggest concerns now is um, everything's getting late. We have to change plans, maybe find some shorter-day corn to plant. Uh, we're going to have to find a way to get our manure out safely, but also out into the fields to fertilize uh, for the new crop and to make room. Uh, for the summer's manure. So um, we're, we're focused right now on nutrient applications and getting the seed in the ground. Going back to water quality, one other question I have regarding that. How have you seen the change in dynamic between farmers in the area and those who aren't involved in the agriculture industry regarding water quality? Well, I think that um, nationwide, uh, farmers and non-farmers have gotten a little too far apart from each other. Um, It used to be that 40 or 50% of the people in this country farmed. Now 1% do. Um, So in the old days, even if you didn't farm, your grandparents did, and you had connections to a farm somewhere. Uh, Now that's really not the case anymore. Um, And I think as farmers, we've tended to take for granted that the people thought that we should be there and understood what we were doing and how we were doing it. Um, Now I think we're starting to realize that's not necessarily the case. Um, Our new neighbors need to um, uh, see what's going on. 
and we need to have conversations with them so we can help understand what their concerns are and, and we can help ally any concerns that, that we're able to uh, but don't just take for granted that they um, uh, that they're glad that we're there and, and they know what we're doing uh, they may not be glad they're there and they may not know what we're doing so that's on us to, to help with that communication it, it's our job to, to be better neighbors and, and talk to our neighbors and help them understand what we're doing and, and listen to their concerns also sometimes it's as simple as having them say would you, would you please not haul manure next week because we have a graduation party easy to accommodate that request and you can change the relationship with that neighbor forever by doing that that was don niles president of peninsula pride farms from the southern end of the world's longest barn in madison i'm reba mcclone outdoor traditions like hunting fishing trapping and wildlife watching are an important part of wisconsin access to public land makes it easier for us to enjoy these activities own more than 40 acres and want to keep these traditions alive then earn money through the DNR's Voluntary Public Access Program. Learn more. Search Share the Land at dnr.wi.gov. Funding provided by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, NRCS. Share the land and keep traditions alive. Hi, I'm Dr. Regina Benjamin, U.S. Surgeon General. As a family doctor, I've seen the terrible impact of a premature birth. Losing a baby is one of the hardest things a family can go through. As Surgeon General, I see the toll that premature births have on our nation. It can cause lifelong disabilities. It is the leading cause of death in newborns. And our country has one of the highest rates of preterm birth in the world. We must do better. Hospitals need to ensure that babies are delivered early, only when medically necessary. We need research to find the causes of premature birth and research to find new ways to prevent it. Couples need to learn the risk of premature birth and what they can do to have a full-term baby, such as getting a preconception checkup. Remember, 40 weeks is a full-term pregnancy, and every week of pregnancy counts. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Shopping at Rogan's Shoes is fun. Shop great name brands and get the second pair for half price. Mix and match shoes for your entire family. If you don't need a second pair of shoes or boots at the time of your purchase, just bring in your receipt at a later date to receive your half price discount. Rogan's Shoes, a family-owned and operated company. Madison East and West and Janesville and Beloit. Equal value or less. Some exclusions may apply. See complete details at a store near you. If Old McDonald was real and actually had a farm, she'd talk about it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Ah, 519 now as we get rolling on a Tuesday morning. Here it is, the 18th day of June. And by gosh, by golly, I think it actually feels like June for a change. Time to talk weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this weather with bated breath. There's humidity out there this morning, Stu, and that means that I'm going to turn into a Chia Pet later today. But, hey, it should help us along, huh? Oh, I think that'll help the crops. There's no doubt that that moisture, that humid, warm air really makes a huge difference for crop growth. But there is a cool front, a really weak front that's built into northwest Wisconsin. And out around that front, there is going to be a little rain. And that's something we'd have to expect around here today as well. A few sprinkles have moved through La Crosse, heading toward Boston right now. And they extend back down into northeast Iowa. There's activity way up north, north of Wausau, over toward O'Connell County, northeast Wisconsin. That activity will travel east and a bit southeast along that frontal boundary as well. So that's what we're in for today. That little weak, cool front 
drops in. Scattered showers this morning toward midday, La Crosse and Mauston. In the afternoon elsewhere, not going to amount to much. You know, trace amounts, a tenth of an inch or two if we see that much. Just not a well-organized type little system, but it will mean some moisture and that more mild air. That, again, a real good cue for us. The more mild air makes a big difference as far as crop growth and, if nothing else, helping make us feel a bit more like summer. Now that front drops through, becomes a little stationary. There's going to be a lot more active weather off to our south here in the next day or two. In fact, a stronger low-pressure system will pass off to our south and may keep a small rain chance around Wednesday or into Wednesday night, but it's a very small possibility around that time, and it would be something that would build up north of the system itself that stays down south, even towards southern Iowa or into Illinois, so not a major rain threat. Temperatures, although sounding fairly pleasant, are going to remain a little cooler than normal. We haven't talked about that in a while. 79, the normal daytime high at Madison. That goes up to 81 at La Crosse. And here we are. We're going to be holding in the mid or upper 70s today. Low 70s tomorrow. Cooler than normal is the trend. and That's going to stick around toward the end of the week. Somewhat more organized system edging in here by late in the week. Late Friday night or into Saturday. Could again account for a few more showers or thunderstorms with those temperatures still remaining just a little cooler than normal. We're not going to break out of that pattern even as we head on toward early next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. If something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local Wisconsin-based insurance company that also protects thousands of other Wisconsin businesses? There's a local rural mutual insurance agent office near you, and premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Rural mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All right, roll it up on 523. Talk to me a little bit more about where we're headed with temperatures, and then if we are going to get more rain this week, Stu... Is it going to tax our rain gauges or be barely noticeable? I don't think it's going to be a big deal, not going to work those rain gauges too much, at least not until the weekend. A little patchy fog here and there. There's dense fog advisories in northeast Illinois this morning, and otherwise mostly cloudy skies. Some scattered showers, La Crosse and Mauston this morning. A small chance of a little scattered light rain midday or the afternoon elsewhere. Temps staying a little cool. Mid-70s for most of us, upper 70s near La Crosse, and winds will become west about 5. Still a slight rain chance east and south tonight and otherwise mostly cloudy kind of muggy as we drop toward the upper 50s or around 60 the north winds at five tomorrow i'd expect still a mostly cloudy day a few scattered showers a very isolated thunderstorm midday or afternoon a little cool yet 70 in the low 70s elsewhere northeast winds about five and then some sunshine Thursday, partly sunny skies developing, a slight chance of an afternoon shower again Thursday, low to mid-70s, northeast winds at 5 to 10, and then Friday night or Saturday, Pam, a little more likelihood of some rain that could become more measurable, more than that trace amount, tenth of an inch or so. So, you know, not going to be overly wet, but we're not drying out and really warming up either, just kind of holding in a stagnant pattern. Well, if I have to try to find a silver lining to all this, at least we haven't had to run the air conditioning a whole lot, right? Yeah, we've had that break. You're right. But, you know, our crops would benefit from a, a few 80-degree days. No kidding. I agree. All right, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow and see what you got, okay? 
All right, see you then. All right, Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist with those weather details. Let's talk a little bit about current conditions. In La Crosse this morning, you're starting off cloudy skies currently at 64 degrees. Mauston, cloudy and 63. Fond Lac, you've got clear skies. You're sitting at 57. Oshkosh, partly cloudy, 61. At the airport in Madison, partly cloudy and 61. But you can already start to feel the humidity beginning to build in. Wisconsin is one of seven corn-producing states that is less than 90% complete as far as corn is concerned. Hey, it's the 18th day of June. I think we're about done with that. We'll take a look at the latest planting progress report. And ladies, empower yourselves. Take a look at the checkbook and help decide the future of your farm. More on that after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Do you struggle with stubborn fat bulges that hang around even with a healthy diet and regular exercise? You may be a candidate for Cool Sculpting, the world's leading non-invasive fat removal treatment. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Cool Sculpting safely and effectively freezes unwanted fat bulges without surgery or downtime. The crystallized cells are eliminated naturally through the body for long-lasting results. Advanced training through the exclusive Cool Sculpting University makes the medical providers at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie experts in body contouring. Come in for a free assessment to see if Cool Sculpting is right for you. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. Find us at Rejuvenation Clinic of Have you ever encountered one of those companies that tries to be all things to all people? It's like herding cats. The tools, the parts, the know-how are all difficult to round up and solve the precise problem you're hoping to repair. At Benjamin Plumbing, they focus on one thing and one thing only. Plumbing. Not heating and air conditioning, not garage door replacement, not security alarms or beauty salon supplies. Just plumbing repairs, remodels, and new construction. Avoid the jack-of-all-trades. Rely on your friends at Benjamin Plumbing to do what they do best each and every time. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Your first car? That's freedom, baby. 
The new job with new opportunities? Freedom's really ringing. Dumping your stuffy landlord for an investment all of your own? That's the best freedom of all. Freedom of choice. That's where Right on Target Real Estate can help. When a house or condo comes on the market in the area of your choice, you'll be instantly notified so you get the best deal. Right on Target Real Estate is really, really confident they can find you a home at an affordable price. Visit rightontargetrealestate.com. Summer has a certain hue, the kind of vibrancy you can feel and almost hear. And Sam Adams Summer Ale, with three new colors with one great taste, captures the colors of summer perfectly. There's the yellow of the rising day, the orange of a heat-ripened afternoon, and the blue of long, cool nights. These are the colors of summer in one perfect summer ale. Sam Adams, Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Savor the flavor responsibly. Pop quiz. What's the most important part of a ship? Don't answer. It's the crow's nest. Know why? Complete visibility. I can see what's on the horizon and my crew pulling the ship together on the deck below. That's how I run this ship, and that's why we use Granger. Granger helps us keep a clear eye on our inventory, saving us time, saving us money, and helping keep everything ship shape. It's always smooth sailing with Granger. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Your John Deere and your Sloan deal is here now during deer season. Run with a John Deere 3025E compact utility tractor from Sloan's. Get 0% for 60 months, plus $1,500 off with the purchase of two or more implements. Offer ends 731.19. Some restrictions apply. See Sloan Implement for details. Choose John Deere and then choose your plus size Sloan deal today. Visit Sloan's.com or stop in today. Power up with Sloan's. The Bucks that just ended, the Brewers are obviously still going, and you know a lot of questions on the Packers right now. You know, out of the three, feel like the Brewers right now are in a position to to be best to come back to what they were last year. Absolutely, I still think they have a stacked lineup. Mike Mustakas has been just hitting the cover it's off the beast. ball. Christian Yelich said a few days ago that he's actually hitting better than Yelich is. And, of course, we all know how good Yelich is. I mean, he's looking to repeat that MVP season. It would be nice to see Travis Shaw be able to step up a little bit, Jesus Aguilar. Eric Thames has filled in nicely. Uh, kind of the reverse of what we saw last year where Thames started at the beginning of the year and then Jesus took over. And now it's kind of like the flip side this season is where Jesus was going to be the starting first baseman. Now it's kind of Thames. Braun stepping up. He's batting, uh, what, 275? He's on pace to hit Ryan about 28 Braun? home Isn't he incredible, runs. Cody. Oh, he is awesome. Before we talk about Braun and whatnot, I have to ask you, man. So Jesus Aguilar, if he, if, he can't get set down because he'll get DFA'd. Yeah. Um, and someone will pick him up too. So And Travis Shaw, he still, he still could be optioned down, right? Yeah, he still has and options. You, and you said during a, a break, it's like, I understand what we're doing to Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw went 0 for 6 two days ago, while Keston Hira last night hit a home run and then a grand slam. Yeah. What are they doing? What do you think they're oh, doing hey, to Travis hey, Shaw? Hey, because he's new to this, and you're under no pressure, Cody. <laughs> but let me just cue the music, because Ebo and I have several conspiracy oh, this, this theories. Well, Ebo says that, that, well, no, it was a collaborative of the trainer. No, yeah, we all get it together, and I pushed it one further that at first it was conspiracy theory that it was, uh, what was it, how did it start? I know how it ends, but how did it start? I don't know. Again, I think you, Nelson oh, that, had a theory, that I had Jesus a theory, Aguilar, you had a theory. We, we it all... was like Joe and Nelson had one that Jesus Aguilar uh, was poisoning the well to make sure Keston Hira stayed down because he didn't want to be DFA'd. And then I said, well, sing about it. It was all a collaborative effort. I don't want to take credit for it. It was all of us. And then it was Jesus Aguilar's 
translator didn't want to be out of a job because Aguilar would be DFA'd and no one would probably pick him up, so the translator would be out of a job. So the translator was the one keeping Keston here oh, down. Oh, no, that's right. interesting. So do you have, and again, you're under, because <laughs> we're kind of putting you on the spot, but there's got to be... A reason why Kesson Hira, Cody, is not on the Brewers, and it can only be, it can't be something as innocuous as, well, you know, we want to keep his player rights or, you know, we want to, you know, let him marinate in the minor leagues. There's got to be something more juicy. So give me your, but you're at that park every day. Let's see. Give me a good Cody Grant conspiracy theory as to why Keston Hira isn't on the Brewers roster. I mean, I would say service time. I know that's not what you guys are looking for because David Stern said that wasn't the case. He said that had nothing to do with it uh, because you know how the contracts work in baseball. If a rookie plays this amount of many games, you lose a year of control with the guy. So I wonder if that's it. But I don't know. Like maybe Travis Shaw has a picture of David Stern somewhere laying around that he <laughs> doesn't want Shaw to tweet out someday. That's uh, and that's, so, no, that's a good kind that, of something these are the that kind of could happen. For, you know. Cody. Uh, maybe he's got a picture where Stern's out with Council one night at a party, and you know, having a few too many. And so, Cody, like you can go, you can get wild with conspiracy theory <laughs> Friday. Like that, it's not frowned upon to get wild with it. We said on these airwaves that Paul Pierce pooped his pants in the 2008 did, finals, though. and then everyone's like, "You Everyone guys, you guys us. are crazy." And then what did Paul Pierce say in the national broadcast? You guys were correct. Thank you. Yeah, he told so you me can get, you can get wild with it, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's so. see. I mean, like, what else could it be? It doesn't. It, I mean, in all seriousness, it's. It, it, I mean, at some point, the Brewers. It's a bad PR look, right? I mean, if Hira continues to dominate like he is, and Shaw continues to have over six nights, like, I mean, I don't care if it is a, a, you know, that he's a veteran guy and he's earned it, and everyone in the locker room loves Travis Shaw, and the locker room would be pissed if they sent him down again. Like, at some point, it's about winning, and like. Kesson here has got to give the Brewers a better chance to win right now than Travis Shaw, but doesn't he? But it's not even just Travis Shaw. It's Jesus Aguilar are playing so bad, right. too. You can always make the case to move Shaw at, to first, right. and you can have Hira still play second. I mean, when you're a team like the Brewers right now who are contenders, I mean, you would classify them 100%. as contenders, right? For They're sure. one win away from the World Series last year. And you have a guy like Hira who came up and batted two eighty one, hit five home runs, and just looked like he knew exactly what he was doing in the majors, didn't miss a beat from jumping up from AAA, how do you not keep that bat in your lineup? So I I have always kind of looked at David Stearns and trusted him because he has made good moves, and he will admit when he's wrong, like the Jonathan Scope trade last season. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, what are you doing, man? You have this guy that is just hitting bombs in AAA and hitting for a high average, getting on base. Put him in the lineup every day. See, and I don't don't really worry about bu- feelings. I don't even I, really buy that it would quote unquote hurt Travis Shaw's feelings or that he's earned it. They sent Orlando Arcio down last year. He was a guy that's been up for over two years. Travis Shaw's been with the team for two years. They're both weren't hitting. Really, what's the difference? Do you remember what Arcia Arcia was even batting? younger? Another guy too. They sent Corey Knable, who was an All Star in 2017, down last year, and that helped him as well. So. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.35 now on a Tuesday morning. Wisconsin's got about 87% of its corn in the ground. Today is the 18th day of June. You know what? I don't think we're going to get a whole lot more corn planted. Talking about that with Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. He's joining us live via Skype in about 15 minutes. Did you know on this day back in 1979, Leonid Brezhnev and President Jimmy Carter signed SALT 2. Do you remember what SALT stands for? I had to think back. The second strategic arms limitation talks. It was considered groundbreaking at the time back in 1979. 
basically an agreement between the Soviet Union and the United States to reduce their arms. Leonid Brezhnev and Jimmy Carter back in 1979 signed that into place. Congratulations also to Sir Paul McCartney. Today he turns 77 years old. And now you know, I'm P.M. Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. You know, for a lot of farm families, you are not in control of the international marketplace. You're not in control of the weather. So what can you control? Well, for most farming operations, it's the checkbook. It's the debit card. It's where your money is going. Amy Crow is a financial education specialist with Summit Credit Union in the Madison area. She's going to be presenting special information targeting specifically farm women to take a look at where your money's being spent. Is it where it should be spent? Is it where you want it to be spent? Amy Crow says many times it's a daunting task to try to find those pennies that matter in tough economic times, but she says it's all about being courageous enough to take back that power. Gosh, Pam, life moves so fast and tracking our expenses and finding the courage to connect with somebody to get the answers that we need can sometimes be really hard in our lives. And we're going to be talking about that. I agree. Now, like you said, uh, whether we want to look at the books on the farm or how we manage our money, I bet you see the patterns interchanging. Talk to me about some of the areas that you suggest women try to take a look at first, Amy. I don't care if it's in regards to their bookkeeping duties on the farm or their personal family checkbook. I think the biggest thing is having the courage to be really honest with where your money's going and then making sure it's fitting to your values. That's what's really important. So many of us are buying convenience things or trying to keep up with the Joneses, and they're not really what we authentically want to spend our money on, right? And so it's tracking those expenses. It's understanding where every penny is going. And my gosh, that's sometimes really hard to do, but you can glean such interesting details about your money habits. And then once you identify them, you can work to change them and set intentions and create new habits that will absolutely increase your savings and reduce your debt no matter what you're doing. All right. So help me do that a little bit, Amy. So let's say I grab my checkbook register or a a sheet of uh, counting. I grab maybe my credit card statements, that type of thing. How do I start? What should I be doing to try to really get a grip on where my money is going? The best thing you can do, Pam, is put it into categories. So it's literally taking different colored highlighters or circling things or however you want to do it. Put the gas in one section, all the retail stores in one section, all the food in one section, all the miscellaneous, trying to figure out what categories those are in, and then add them up. And once you add them up, you have to judge whether or not you're comfortable with the amount that you're spending. And then you can start saying, should I be spending more in this category or should I be spending less in this category? And then start looking at each one of those categories to make changes. You know, I think one area that I can already hear the women saying, well, but I'm not in charge of all of this. Uh, He grabs the checkbook or the credit card once in a while. Or the kids, they have cell phones. They need to be involved in sports. Some of the expenses I think they're categorizing, they feel like they're not necessarily in control of. And we're going to talk a little bit about finding the courage to have conversations with your loved ones because those are really uncomfortable sometimes, but it's important to have realistic expectations because that's going to increase your stress. It's going to increase and reduce your family connections. And so it's important to give women the tools to be able to have those conversations at home, to be able to do all the things that you want to do and keep everybody communicating about what's realistic with the money that you have. So let's say that I, I find the courage to get everything kind of lined up. I see areas where I can save. With that money that I might be able to hold back then, Amy, 
where do I put it? Is it supposed to go in savings? Is it a CD? Is it a retiring debt? What do you advise women to look at next? The biggest thing we have people do at Summit is save at least $1,000 in a savings account if they don't have that for emergencies, for kids' sports fees, for whatever that might be, um, for just fun too. And then start paying down debt because you want to make sure that you get yourself out of a debt cycle of relying on your credit cards when you're living paycheck to paycheck. And so that's really the first thing is finding a balance between increasing your savings and reducing your debt, and you can do it at the same time. And I recommend putting multiple savings accounts into use. And then when you do have enough money, start that certificate and then that money market account as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, putting this in play in the long run. Uh, those are two simple steps that'll make us feel, you know, that's the thing. We'll feel so much better when we get down this path. What What's the long-term play on this, Amy? It's really protecting yourself and your family for the long term, whether you have young kids and you're looking to save for college, whether or not you're in your 30s and 40s and starting to think about retirement and having individual retirement accounts opened along with any other retirement that you might have. But you need to figure out what's going on first here and now, fix some things if you need to, and then you can start brainstorming for the future. But it's also important to take a little chunk of what you found and start saving for the future so that you can have compound interest acting in your favor. When you have these kinds of straightforward conversations with women, does uh, the light go on or are they a little bit overwhelmed or fearful of uh, starting the process? Starting the process does have a lot of fear associated with it, which is why the session is called Confident Money, because it's all about finding your courage to ask questions, to kind of take that shame, that guilt that you might be feeling about what you might have done that you feel bad about, breaking through that, and then figuring out, what am I going to do moving forward? And that's the cool and exciting part, Pam, is because there's so much possibility in what you can do to craft your life moving forward that it motivates people and inspires people to take action. Motivating and inspiring, not words we've been able to use lately with many Wisconsin agriculture stories. That's Amy Crow, financial education specialist with Summit Credit Union in Madison. She is going to be presenting great information targeting specifically our farming female population on June 26th. Find out details on how you can be in the audience at herfarmnetwork.com, herfarmnetwork.com. Looking forward to that. All right, we're coming up on 543. Take a quick break. Back with a look at markets, our latest planting progress report, and then Bryce Knorr joining us before 6. I bet many of you don't even know that Wisconsin's got a school of veterinary medicine right there on the UW-Madison campus. Sometimes if you don't need that resource, you don't realize it's there. That's the way it was for Jody. Her dog, Piper, came down with an emergency gastrointestinal problem, and she needed help right away. And she turned to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. I called them immediately, knowing that I could get through to somebody, and they pretty much walked me through it. And that alone just put me at ease. So I called back probably 15 minutes later and said, I'm on my way. Fortunately, that emergency after our visit to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine was productive. Today, Jody is a strong advocate for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine and their expansion project. My name is Jody, and I'm the mom to my dog, Piper. I 100% support the building project for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, and I hope you will too. It's a gem for Wisconsin. You can help. Go to animalsneedheroes2too.com for more. So Wisconsin farmers didn't get a lot of field work done over the past seven days' time. As of Sunday statewide, we had 87% of our corn in the ground 
Of the corn that was planted, 66% had come through the soil surface. 54% of the corn that's actually out there rated good to excellent. 77% of our Wisconsin soybeans are in the ground. 47% of the beans that have been planted are out of the ground. But again, both our corn planting and our soybean planting more than two weeks behind our five-year average. And that's what's got a lot of farmers worried. It's the 18th day of June. I don't think we're going to see many more corn acres planted, but soybeans may fill in some of the gap. Talking about that with Bryce Knorr in just a moment. Markets in overnight electronic trade, because of the progress they saw in the planting report, are lower. December corn right now down five and a quarter overnight at four sixty-three and a quarter. November beans down a penny at nine thirty-eight and a half. July wheat dropped six overnight to five thirty-three and a half. Barrel cheese was unchanged on Monday. Forty-pound block cheese dropped three and a quarter cents to one seventy-five. That double A butter that gained a penny and a quarter yesterday, up to two thirty-seven and three quarters a pound. Now the fluid milk contracts, July down four overnight at sixteen seventy-seven a hundredweight. August also down four at seventeen eleven a hundredweight. Just so you know. Again, day number two of the sign-up. For the dairy margin coverage program, don't forget about that. If you're a dairy farm and you have yet to make your appointment, check in with your farm service agency office and make sure you're taking care of that. We'll take care of our commodity comments and conversation. Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, live via Skype next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. My name is Charles. I'm 38 years old. My name is Charles. I'm 38 years old. One day I had a sudden headache. I had a headache. Suddenly my arm went numb and I felt confused. My arm went tingly. I knew I was having a stroke. I didn't know what was going on. I told my wife and she dialed 911. I didn't want to miss work, so I went. The ambulance arrived just in time. I had a stroke on the bus. Because of quick response, today I'm on my way to a full recovery. Today I have partial paralysis. Seconds made all the difference. Seconds made all the difference. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You can make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is braid lost. For more information, visit PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years in 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. What she lacks in classical dance training, she makes up for in loud. 
It's the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All right, we're heading towards 6 o'clock, 548 now on a Tuesday morning. And time to check up with our friend Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Uh, Bryce, we've been talking. Wisconsin is one of the top seven that is uh, lagging behind when it comes to corn acres. It's the 18th day of June. I'm guessing we're not going to put much more corn in the ground, which begs the question, then what happens to those acres? Seemed like that was a big part of the conversation yesterday in Chicago. Right. I think folks have to take a long, hard look now at uh, if they're going to be switching over to soybeans, what the yield drag is going to be, what the price expectations are going to be versus just taking prevent plant. Uh, USDA is going to be surveying uh, for corn planting next week, according to a footnote in their crop progress report. I doubt if they're going to find too many more acres Uh, But uh, we may be able to bump that up a a percent or two. But you're still probably talking 7 million acres of corn uh, that could uh, get shifted or not planted at all, most likely not planted at all. Uh, My prevent plant estimates anywhere between 5 million and 7 million acres based on the the, uh, data that we've gotten from our feedback from the field survey. And I'm leaning more towards the 7 million acres. The, the problem the market's having right now is that we aren't going to find out uh, what that number might be until June 28th when USDA releases its acreage survey. And even then, there's going to be a lot of questions because that June number tends to get smaller, particularly in years when you have a lot of prevent plant. Well, yeah. And uh, has anybody started to venture a guess on what kind of a yield ding we're going to get? Not just because of the delayed planting, but they're a real challenge on degree growing units in a lot of areas. Yeah. The thing we have to remember, though, uh, we're in an El Nino summer and they tend to be uh, fairly mild as well as uh, fairly wet. Well, we're seeing both of those play out. And uh, sometimes you get late planting and a mild growing season, and you can have huge yields. This happened in 2009. We also planted the crop late, but it was one of the mildest summers on record, really going back to 1950 in the Midwest that I've been able to find. We wound up with a record corn yield nonetheless. Mm. So even though uh, it's been a very adverse start to this growing season, uh, the plants that did get planted and are out of the ground uh, aren't in bad shape overall. Of course, the question is, a lot of those, a lot of those plants uh, may still be trying to germinate. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's uh, talk a little bit about what else is going on in the marketplace. A couple different uh, meetings that are going on, Bryce. Uh, where are you casting your attention today? Well, uh, we have a, a meeting of the Federal Reserve uh, starts today, one of their two-day meetings. They happen basically every 45 days. They wrap up uh, tomorrow at 1 o'clock Central Time with, release a statement on monetary policy, and Fed Chairman Jerome Powell then has a press conference. Now, this isn't one of the quarterly meetings uh, where they uh, put out their economic projections, and that's typically when they make a change on interest rates, if they're going to make one. There is about a 20% uh, chance, according to the betting on federal funds futures, that they may uh, step that up and make a uh, cut tomorrow, uh, but more likely they would wait until the meeting uh, they're going to hold at the end of July. Uh, but certainly the market expects some sort of uh, softer uh, position in terms of their statement uh, about uh, the willingness to cut interest rates if the economic data 
uh, stays fairly tepid. What's happening with our energy complex? Uh, it was the tanker story when we kind of started last week. What's, a, what's happening with energy today? Well, we've softened that up. We're back below $52 uh, a barrel on the crude oil. That's largely uh, due to some gloomy demand projections, uh, both in terms of oil usage, and that's based on a slower economic growth uh, call, caused by all the trade disputes around the world. Uh, despite that, the stock market uh, was up yesterday. Uh, the futures are higher again today. So we've got a real divergence here. Now the stock market is actually encouraged by some of the softer data. They think that will make the Fed, Fed cut interest rates. When you have lower rates, uh, that makes the stock market more attractive rather than just uh, sticking your money in a safe haven like treasuries. So uh, sometimes these markets uh, work in mysterious ways. Right. And, you know, and I've been watching a lot of conversation about a recession. What did they say? Something like 70 to 80 percent of the market's predicting that we will be in a recession, uh, if not by the front part of 2020, by the end. We were just talking about raising interest rates. Now we're going that far in the opposite direction? Right. Uh, that's why I'm, there is a, a definitely a very pessimistic attitude on Wall Street right now. And part of that is just uh, the fact that this has been a long expansion. It's been going on uh, for basically a decade now. And uh, typically uh, they start to run out of gas at some point. Uh, so I think that's part of the expectation as well as just the, the accumulated uh, impact of all the trade disputes. That's why you had business leaders from across the spectrum yesterday diverge on uh, Washington uh, to uh, say they don't like these tariffs. Uh, whether or not that will do any good, we'll see. All right. Anything else for the good or the order that we should keep an eye on, Bryce? Well, again, we're softer today. Uh, we, we do have to uh, kind of watch out for this consolidation. Uh, but it looks like uh, the river system finally going to be reopening uh, this weekend in St. Louis. The water's forecast to drop below 38 feet. Uh, most of the locks on the upper Mississippi River are open. There's still a few closed. So we're moving barges around. And uh, there's going to be a whole lot of traffic on that river system that really can't handle it for a while. Well, so long as we don't get any heavy, heavy rain later this week. But that's good news. Very good, Bryce. We appreciate it. Understand we're not going to have you on Thursday. We'll catch up with you next week. That's Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Always want to remind you to uh, check in with him online, farmfutures.com, and via social media. He updates his commodity comments every morning right around uh, 7.30 or so, and you can kind of Follow along through the day if there's newsmakers. Bryce will definitely pipe in and let you know what's going on there. Tomorrow, we are getting ready to say happy retirement to uh, Chuck Adamy. He is the CEO, former president of the Equity Livestock Sales Association. He'll be our guest tomorrow for the Wisconsin Beef Council's Checkoff Chat. We'll catch you tomorrow morning. Same time, same channel. This 